you think you'd rather have Sandman's powers or Clayface's powers? Sandman from Spider-Man, obviously. Not Sandman from, like, the Netflix show, The Sandman. It seems to me like... Being Clayface is more of a burden to you emotionally. Sure. Sandman, worst thing he's got is a fucking bum daughter. (laughs) Bum (laughs) daughter? Doesn't he have, like, leukemia or something? Yeah, something. It's a terrible take. I think I would agree with you, though. I mean, <laughs> like, Sandman doesn't shapeshift. <gasps> he just turns into other types of sand. And it also seems like Clayface has got a whole lot of involuntary, involuntary shapeshifting happening. Yeah, that's true. Sandman is usually just he turns into giant blob or he turns into... Uh, D- Daniel, uh, Danny Quaid. What's his name? What's the actor's name? Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> Danny Quaid. <laughs> Not a person. Are you thinking of Dennis Quaid? <laughs> yep. Uh, well, hey, it's Radio Vision. What's up? <laughs> uh, we're back. We call that a cold open. Hey, uh, I bet you forgot about us because we certainly forgot about you. Just kidding. Oh, no, we didn't. We're, you guys were all on the top of our minds. No, it's uh, it's good to be back mm. under the Radio Vision label. This is Radio Vision episode nine. This is a spinoff show from our Radiovania podcast. We've been very busy mm. with both the holidays and actually regularly scheduled Radiovania stuff. We've had a lot of news come out, James Gunn stuff, uh, Oscars, talking about The Last of Us, talking about movies that came out, Christmas draft, all kinds of shit. And then we've also done an episode of FastCast. So we took a little bit of a hiatus from this show, but we are surely chugging along through this Batman the Animated Series rewatch because Radiovision is our... Spinoff of the uh, <laughs> of Radiovania, where we watch television shows and talk about it in little increments. Yeah, yeah. I'm. No, it was a little bit of a break. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's only been like two months. But in that amount of time, the amount of content that we provided for you. If you're if you're upset, you know, just remember we gave you the movie draft, the holiday movie draft. Like you said, Last of Us holiday movie Fast draft, Cast. where I legitimately thought our friendship was over. Still haven't forgiven you for that. Yeah, well, and we're gonna run that <laughs> run that feeling back when we finally published the music draft that we did. Uh, we recorded that one. Where I wound up hating Grayson. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> uh, lots of tumultuousness going on here with the podcast. But no, we're back. We're, we back, and we are going to continue to trudge forward because we gotta we gotta finish what we started. Yep. And I guess we should say who we are. Uh, I'm John Swanson Parker. Uh, this is Zach. Hi. What's up, Zach? Oh, not much. Just the um, the Alfred to my Batman. Mm. Wow, that's a prestigious honor. I yeah, I thought about I saying Robin, but I've always felt like Grayson's more of a Robin. You're more of like the wise, wise. You're more of like the Jeremy Irons Robin or uh, Alfred, where you're like you got a like a neat glass of whiskey while you're fixing the Batmobile, but instead of fixing the Batmobile, you're like, what do you what do you think you'd be doing? I think I would be sleeping with all the women you saved and brought home. The sloppy seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you finished, Master Wayne. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll take the Jeremy Irons any day of the week. That guy's still rocking it, looking good and fucking 60. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be James Gunn's Alfred for his new Batman? Who is clearly, as we talked about in our last episode of Radiovania... Yeah, not Rob Pattinson. Not Rob and Pat- therefore Andy Serkis. I don't know. I feel like we've thrown around so many good. It's easy to be Alfred, right? You just got to be a white British guy. No offense. I mean, there's been great people who have played the role, but there's so many good white British actors. Like, there's a lot of good white British actors. Um, I'm gonna toss my hat in the ring. I mean, this is the easy gut check reaction. Why don't we get Ray Fiennes in there, baby? Ray Fiennes would be pretty cool. Why don't we get Ray Fiennes as fucking Alfred? Come that, on, that would be pretty sick. Homie could kick some ass too. If he weren't recently in a DC movie, my pick would have been Pierce Brosnan. Would have been awesome as Alfred. That would have been awesome. Yeah, he's a little too handsome. He would actually be stealing the girls from Bruce Wayne, but say I love you. Um, well, hey, if you like the show and you want to find out more, head to Radiovania.com or you could head to YouTube.com and search for Radiovania to find out some of the things that we have been publishing, whether that's pods, videos, things of that nature. Uh, you can also hit us up on the socials, mm. Radiovania Show on Instagram and Radiovania on Twitter. And then if you have anything you want to send to us directly, hit us up at Radiovision Show 
at gmail.com. Send Check us in the inbox right now. Yeah, send us some emails. Uh, we uh, we Empty. love. Great, awesome. <laughs> We've been waiting to hear from the Justice League for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we've heard nothing yet. So, Zach, hmm. when last we spoke, we talked about us three episodes of Batman the Animated Series, one of which was really good, which was the Gray Ghost, which I think you and I yes. both really enjoyed. Good episode, very good. But episode. the other two besides that, mm, not so much. This week, we are talking about a two-parter uh, called Feet of Clay, part one and part two. Uh, which was the introduction to Clayface into Batman the Animated Series. And then we have an episode called Joker's Favor. So if you haven't watched the episodes yet, pause this episode, mm. go watch those. It's going to take you about an hour to tear through all three of those, come back, and then listen to our thoughts on it. Um, before we dive in, what was it like after months and months and months to dive back into Batman the Animated Series? It feel like putting on a nice pair of comfortable pants? Yeah, or... it was like coming home. It was... Uh... Yeah, yeah. It was coming home, you know, a long day at school. You walk in the front door, you smell the, you know, smell the pasta sauce cooking on the oven. <laughs> you see, you see, you smell the candle in the living room. You got the TV on. Mom and dad are fighting. Your brother's running around doing a bunch of shit. You know, you got a bunch of homework left to do, but you're going to fuck it and play Mario Brothers on the NES one more time because it's getting you, really personal. You got shit left to do. <laughs> You're sending you're sending what text you have left in your TNT paid mobile time in your goddamn razor on my razor on my razor on my chocolate uh-huh. and uh, you're t- you're telling the girl that you know you you really shouldn't be telling the love that you love her and and, and it was like it was like coming home. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> How was it for you? Uh, a <laughs> little more surface level for me. I was like, this is really fun. <laughs> I think it, I think you and I have very good, very different definitions of home, uh, because coming oh, home for God. me is just more like, <laughs> not that. Not that yeah. Okay. But Fair you enough. know what? I'm happy to hear that you sounded like it was uh, taking no, you to a nostalgic place. No, it was great. It was good to get back in the swing of things. It was good to watch. The Z- did this back kind back. of like? Because I'm not gonna lie. Last last episode we did, we had a lot of fun. I enjoy watching all of these, but yeah, it was too. a little bit of a down tick well did um, this kind of revitalize your love a little bit no evil yeah that was the the invisible man essentially yeah and prophecy of doom that was the con artist okay yeah yeah yeah. so yeah up going up up yeah definitely yeah well let's not belabor the point any longer uh let's start talking about our first episode let's do it so feet of clay part one written Mm -hmm. by marv wolfman and michael reeves and directed by our guy dick seabest who um, uh, we love. <laughs> okay, remind me what Mr. Uh, Mr. Seabass. We just had a funny, funny laugh about his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dick Seabass. <laughs> <laughs> because we are immature children. What up, What other episode did he do, though? I can't remember. It was a couple weeks ago. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, take a look. Um, Zach, do you know who Marv Wolfman is? No. Uh, name doesn't sound familiar. Marv Wolfman is a longtime 1970s and 80s comic book writer for DC Comics and Marvel. He okay. is known for creating the version of the Teen Titans that we know today, featuring characters like Beast Boy and Cyborg and Raven and Starfire and, and obviously Robin and stuff like that. But he was a big-time comic book writer. He also wrote on Batman for a while. Okay. So this Clayface story was based loosely on some of his Clayface work that he did for DC Comics. So got it. He got a writing treatment for this and helped write the uh, the teleplay with Michael Reeves, which I think is pretty cool. I like when they bring in the comic people. They'll do that when we get to uh, Rachel Ghoul later on in the show, okay. which is pretty dope. But. So Dixie Bast was the director of nine episodes of BTAS, including Feet of Clay Part 1, The Cat and the Claw Part 2. That's what it was. Fear of Victory, Dreams in Darkness, Moon of the Wolf, and What is Reality? Mm-hmm. So the only one that he's directed that we talked about so far is Cat, Cat and Claw, Claw Part 2, yeah, which was um, not the best. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, title card watch. Zach, do you have the access to the document? Yeah, I've got it pulled up right now. I'm a big fan of this one. This one's spooky. Um, it's cool. Good use of the black paper mm-hmm. for sure for this one. And it shows uh, what our guy, our poor friend Matt Hagen is going through internally with his soul. Being both sad and happy, but f- cracking, because that is not a real facade. Wow, that was a beautiful, beautiful summarization. Like yeah, that's our good job. You ready for a two minutes or less summary? Yeah, hit me, buddy. <clears throat> a Wayne Enterprises car pulls up at 3 a.m. and Lucius Fox steps out to greet a shady Bruce Wayne. 
Bruce claims to that Roland Daggett, a businessman, bugged his house and office because he's trying to take over Wayne Enterprises through a hostile takeover. Lucius hands him a briefcase over to Bruce, saying that the papers inside would indict Daggett with the police. Bruce then claims that he won't be doing that, but instead will destroy them. Uh, suddenly, goons appear all around Lucius, and it's a double cross. Lucius runs away from the goons and the quote-unquote Bruce, but he is incapacitated on his way out of town. Uh, Batman arrives, thankfully, from hearing gunfire across town and dispatches the goons. The cops arrive just in time, and as Lucius is about to pass out, he mutters, Bruce Wayne set me up. At a film studio, Imperial Pictures, an actor named Matt Hagen is desperately looking for something in his trailer. He has a face cream from Daggett Industries, and we see that he has a deformed face and needs the cream to fix his face. It allows him to mold his face into whatever it needs to be, and he fixes it up to be an actor. Although he is addicted to using it just to save face on his own. Daggett commands his goons to eliminate Matt Hagen, saying that he's a loose end and that Fox could discover that he was the one who was impersonating Bruce. It is revealed that Matt was in an accident, and Daggett coerced him into working for Daggett's shady dealings in return for the face cream that allows him to continue to be an actor. Knowing that Hagen is hooked, Daggett's plan is to wait for Matt to come to their plant. Hagen sneaks in that night and starts to apply the cream again, and then he turns into Bruce Wayne, but the goons don't buy it knowing that it's him. One of the goons dumps an entire vat of the cream all over his face and down his throat. Uh, this was a very, <laughs> very disturbing scene. Yeah. Um, Batman uses facial recognition to determine that one of the goons' identities uh, is a guy that works for Roland Daggett, and Alfred delivers a newspaper to him showing that the police have called in Bruce Wayne for questioning on the Fox hit from the night before. Batman pursues the goon via the Batwing as he tries to skip town, and Batman scoops the man's car out from under a tunnel, flies him over the bay, and interrogates him. The man faints before he can reveal who Fox was actually meeting that night that wasn't Bruce Wayne. Bruce goes to meet Lucius Fox, but Lucius is still terrified of him and calls the cops, who arrest Bruce Wayne. Meanwhile, Matt's agent find him in a crash car that was set up by Daggett's men, and Hagen is now a pile of clay with a misconstructed face to be continued. Mm. Zach, what'd you think? Peter Clay Part One. Uh, it was cool. I I liked it a lot. Um, really cool visuals in the episode. Even if Clayface. So I, what I'm interested to hear a little bit about you about is the background of Clayface and yeah. where you come from as Clayface with a, like being a fan of Batman for so long. Yeah, it's a character. It's a villain that I don't have much exposure to. I would probably say almost none. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Clayface is a villain in. Arkham games he is a, He's well. the final boss of Arkham City. Arkham City. Mm-hmm. And so that would probably be my only other big exposure to Clayface. Yeah. Is Arkham City. So. It's a fun um, boss fight too. You're fighting him in the old theater. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it, it's good. It's it's a really. It's a is cool this, So is this like besides Arkham? Is this the only Clayface. Yeah. Exposure that you've had. Oh mm-hmm. okay. Cool. Yeah. He hasn't been adapted in any of the movies. No after seeing these episodes is that something you think you'd want to see uh he would essentially be like um, sandman sandman meets like million ants from rick and morty (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) one million times better i uh yeah i mean never say never i i definitely think that the villain so while the villain i like the background of the villain i like the idea of him being like an out of luck actor. Out of luck actor. Yeah. Hollywood yeah. loves a comeback story. I mean, think about it if somebody won an Oscar for being playing Clayface. Clayface. Yeah. And the Oscar for Clayface goes to Rami Malik. <laughs> Robert De Niro. <laughs> no, it would be like Brad Pitt or something. It would be I'm imagining like uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood style. Yeah. Yeah. What about like Shia LaBeouf as Matt Hagen? In the in the Matt Reeves verse. Which they wouldn't do, I don't no. think. Yeah. Oh God, can you imagine? Clayface, I think, could potentially have a place in the James Gunn the DC James world Gunn if DC. it's very comic booky, but it's a pretty hard sell. It's a shape shifting mud monster. Yeah. The cool thing that I like about this version of Clayface and what they've done in some of the comics, like Marv Wolfman, is because he's like a star of the silver screen. There's a lot of like homages to like the Universal Monsters pictures and stuff like that, where it's he goes from playing Matt Hagen's in like these roles where he's playing a handsome cop or a, yeah. a military sergeant and then it's like 
well, maybe you could get cast in these monster movies. And he's like, I'm not a monster. So it's like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of deal. Yeah, that I dig. Yeah. Um, so yeah, overall thoughts, I, I thought it was really good. Um, I think the best part of it for me, and, you know, not to spoil too much ahead of like favorite scenes or whatever, but... Well, yeah, I mean, we do have our favorite our favorite image from the episode, if that is... Uh... Are, do we usually do that? We do that before mm-hmm. we move to the next episode? Yep. Okay. Well, then I'll just go ahead and shout it out right now. Favorite image is that fucking shot of the Batwing flying down the tunnel. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it is funny. It's a bit comical to look at it, but like the way that the scene is choreographed in the show, no audio, just diegetic sound, right? The guy screaming, he's like, oh my God, oh my God. And then Batman's like, every time it cuts to the Batwing, it's like... Yeah, it's very like white noise. Yeah. yeah. And then when he, when he pokes the car and carries it out of the tunnel, then you hear the... Uh, the, the music kicks in. Yeah, and I was like, "This is really cool," and I can honestly see that scene like working in a in a in a Batman movie. So yeah, um, I like that. I like chasing down the guy to interrogate him. Got got uh, that. That was a cool way to end the episode. Yeah, I think my favorite single image of animation is the um, Matt's hand hanging out of the car, like slowly starting to ooze, like uh, like Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtle mozzarella cheese. You know what I mean? Like. When they're like, this guy ran into a wall, what an idiot. And then it's like his hands like dripping yeah. down. You see that he's starting to turn into clay face. Um, I want to shout out the funniest thing I've seen in a long time watching these episodes, which is after that goon passes out that Batman's interrogating in the Batwing, he drops him in a pool from like 200 feet oh, in the yeah. air. And he's just like, he's like, this will wake you up, scum bucket. And he just like drops this guy. And this guy goes like, <laughs> this guy like floats down like a leaf and then lands in the water and wakes up and the cop helicopters are nearby i just thought that that was hilarious yeah that's funny yeah shout out to kevin conroy in good, a, good delivery of the word scuzz bucket scuzz bucket in reality that right, dude dead. is dead dead in the can you imagine like the how precise of a thinker you'd have to be at a time like the distance for dropping somebody from a moving airplane there's no way he land him in the pool absolutely not that guy's hey. hitting, that guy's hitting pavement I'm less concerned. I'm less concerned about the actual hitting the target because the back computer got to be doing some good stuff, right? Just aim yeah. for nearest body He's of also water, dropping the payload. Detective. I'm sure he could figure it out. I just mean we talked about this when we were, you were in Cincinnati with our good friend Grayson. Shout out to Grayson. It's like <laughs> jumping off, about jumping off a bridge. bridge. <laughs> we were talking about jumping off a bridge and about you know you got to hit that shit at the right angle. Yeah, pencil dive. Yeah, you yeah. That guy dive. belly flopped right in there. Yeah. So his legs and arms and limbs went back in a jerking backward motion. So those are gone. Yeah. I mean, even Dom and Brian, when they the train goes over the side of the cliff, they they jump off that car and they pencil dive into the water. So something to be said for that, I guess. Um, well, we're gonna keep on with our tradition. Where are we gonna put Feet of Clay Part One in our rankings? Or do you want to save that till the end? Uh, no, we usually do it episode by episode, right? We do. Yeah. Okay, so should I read the rankings? If you don't mind. As they stand? Please. Okay. Uh, worst to best or best to worst? Let's go best to worst. Okay. Uh, Batman the Animated Series ranked. <clears throat> Number one, Heart of Ice. Number two, Two-Face Part One. Number three, Christmas with the Joker. Number four, Nothing to Fear. Number five, Beware the Grey Ghost. Number six, Pretty Poison. Number seven, Two-Face Part Two. Number eight, The Last Laugh. Number nine, The Cat in the Claw Part One. Number 10, POV. Number 11, On Leather Wings. Number 12, Be a Clown. Number 13, Cat in the Claw Part Two. Number 14, It's Never Too Late. Number 15, See No Evil. Number 16, I've Got Batman in My Basement. Oh man, what a doozy. Number 17, The Forgotten. Numbers 18, Prophecy of Doom, and number 19, Underdwellers. (laughs) Um, So I don't, here's the thing. I don't think this is, I'll go ahead and tip my cards a little bit here. I think I like part two more than part one in this instance. Me too. Um, So I'm probably more inclined to put this somewhere in the, uh, definitely above like the i've got batman in my basement level of stuff but not quite even as good as like on leather wings in my opinion i was gonna say i think that this goes right below on leather wings which would put it above be a clown at number 12 which is prosciutto what a ham and then the thumbs up gif i think i think that's i think that's i think that's better than this episode (laughs) 
Can we no. put it? What about below? Be a clown. You think so? Be a clown had those really funny moments, but the whole oh the kid. That's right. You got the kid and the mm. kidnapping. It's what's like, below? Be a clown. Cat in the Claw Part Two. Oh uh, yeah. This is, okay. Yeah. All right. Between. I like that. Between be a clown. Above be a clown, below on leather wings. So this yeah. would be make it the new on number le- two. On leather wings is like the weird like gold standard where it's like that's like the perfect middle episode. It is the perfect middle episode. So it's, it's a nice base. So this is not better than the average middle, but it's good. But it's better than the bottom like eight. Someone drilling. It's one o'clock in the morning. Is that a saw? Hold on. We might have some Texas Chainsaw shit going on. <laughs> All right. I'm going to enter this in and then pause. He's like chopping wood out there. Dude, fuck that. If I, if I heard that and I was alone. <laughs> Rafters of their garage at one in the morning on a Thursday. All right. Well, that's weird. Welcome to Newburgh Heights. All right. So we're going to slot it. Underneath on leather wings, above be a clown. Yeah, feet of clay part one is your new number twelve. Perfect. All right. Well, let's dive into feet of clay part two, shall we? Let's do it. Same writers, new director Kevin Altieri, uh, who we should know from many, many, many episodes of Batman the Animated Series by now. Same title card as well, Zach. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna dive right into the plot summary. Bruce Wayne is released from his night in jail for the alleged attempts on Fox's life. Back at the studio, Matt Hagen is trying to flee before anyone finds out what's become of him. Daggett still plots to take over Wayne Enterprises and asks his henchmen to kill Lucius, who's still in the hospital. Hagen reveals that Daggett gave him a bunch of a formula called Renew You, which is that facial cream. This facial cream after the accident is what um, is why he went to work for Daggett, and because his face was fucked up, he essentially started applying this to be able to continue with his roles. Uh, he then instinctively shapeshifts into one of his old roles while he's talking about this, and his agent is noticing that maybe he can continue to be an actor. But the only catch is that it requires total concentration, which he struggles to do for more than a few seconds. However, suddenly, Matt is confident and shape changes into a doctor to sneak into the hospital, like right in the next scene. Instantly, yeah. It's insane. Uh, and he takes the place of Daggett's goon, uh, who is there to kill Fox. Thankfully, Batman's already there to stop the assassin. He gets the name Matt Hagen out of the henchman, and that Hagen is using something to transform, but he doesn't know what. Hagen comes in and knocks Batman aside and scurries off with the henchman. On the roof, Batman and Hagen fight, though Batman is overwhelmed by all the shape changing and the various density changing as well. Uh, he's like making these giant like brick fists and like really metal claws. Yeah, like shit. he's going like full T one thousand. Uh, Hagen is subdued by exhaustion, however, and has to flee. Batman investigates Hagen's old trailer and finds the Renew You bottle on the floor that says Daggett Industries on it. Batman deduces that Hagen is indeed the monster from the hospital. Batman hijacks Davit's TV interview that he is going to give to sell Renew You and places a bunch of tapes in the operating room, but we don't know why. Uh, Hagen comes out of the audience disguised as an old lady and confronts Daggett on live TV, planning to kill him on the air. This reminded me so much, by the way, of Joker. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, Batman arrives just in time to confront the now-named Clayface. Batman drives Clayface into the operating room and hits the play button on all the screens, where Hagen sees all of the different roles from the silver screen displayed in front of him that he has played. Batman pleads with Hagen to allow him to help him find a cure so that he can once again be an actor, but Clayface spazzes out from seeing all these things he could transform into and begins to lash out until he is accidentally electrocuted. Fox drops all the charges and Daggett is arrested, but Batman tests some of the clay that was left behind with electricity back at the Batcave and learns that electrical currents do not actually affect the clay, which means that Clayface got away without any of them realizing by making a fake shell of himself. The end. The so end. Clayface at large, first villain in any, any episode that we've seen that actually gets away, which I think is kind of cool. It's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, all of them have been sent back to Arkham. Uh, Turns out it's really hard to keep a clay monster in Arkham. In the Justice League animated series, they actually have to keep him in a um, barrel. He's like in a he's like in a Walter White drum, like in the desert, because Whoa, you can't have cool. anything that the clay can seep out of, which is pretty interesting. So, yeah. um, Clayface Part Two. Thoughts? Really liked it. Yeah, really liked it. Um, it's got some moments of unintended comedy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like the him. Uh, 
forcing the guy who's a germaphobe into the disease filled. That room. was funny. Yeah. 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 That whole bit was scarlet fever. <laughs> and it's just a jar of seawater. And the yeah. guy's like, Ooh. yeah. Um, I also really liked Batman turning on the TV monitors and him seeing all the act. It's like, but where, when do you have the time to put that together? Batman? How are you? <laughs> it's so good. He He's probably in the same amount of time that Clayface took, you know, to like learn how to control his transformations. Batman was like, Alfred, I need you to go to Blockbuster and get me a bunch of videotapes for Matt Hagen, the actor. And Alfred's like, Ugh. Yeah. I got, you know, between I this, this and. really nice girl. I want to take her to dinner. Do you think Bruce Wayne is a be kind, rewind kind of guy? Or do you think Alfred does it? Oh, he's. Butler. But, Butler is rewinding those VHS tapes. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. They're like, thank you for rewinding, Mr. Pennyworth. I bet Bruce doesn't even press back on his DVDs at the time. I bet you he doesn't have DVDs. He seems so far out of touch. Laserdisc? Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a Laserdisc guy. Mm. The funny thing is, is Batman the Animated Series, you know, is made by by a bunch of film nerds, which is pretty cool. There's been a Christmas with the Joker. He watches It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. Beware the Grey Ghost. He's watching, like, old serials on television. And in this one, he's renting Matt Hagen movies. It's like... This motherfucker is hitting the video store a lot, which I think is pretty good. Yeah. His idea of a like a lit Friday night when he doesn't have to fight crime is He's like, Robin, I got a I got a director's cut of Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of this movie? It's called Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> it's got Owen Wilson in it. <laughs> I'm a big Miami Vice fan. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's really good. I liked the cliffhanger ending. I liked uh, the shape-shifting battles. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, the fight on the roof is really cool. Um, showing all the Clayface potential. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, again, like you mentioned it earlier, the Joker uh, uh, illusion, or not illusion, I guess, but the similarities between the scene in the TV broadcast studio and Joker, the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Pretty eerie. Yeah. Uh, they're very similar. Uh, the only difference here is that you don't really Daggett have... doesn't get killed yeah. either. Yeah. Um, but I really do like that cut because there's the cut of all the, the crowd screaming and running and then it just cuts to black and that's where you would see BK have it your, or whatever commercials are airing. <laughs> go, to, go to commercial. Yeah. Whopper, whopper, <laughs> Back in the day when it was like airheads. Oh, yeah. Or tricks. Yeah, this is 92. But, I mean, in Batman the Animated Series, it's like in this weird, ambiguous, noir city. So maybe it's like, uh, you know, watch ads or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Perfume or... Oh, yeah. Dior. Be a Poison Ivy. Joker by, by Dior. <laughs> <laughs> you'll like it or you'll die laughing. Yeah. Um, I really like the parallels that they make with the renew you formula being the the um the way that he becomes clayface as opposed to like another guy falling in a vat of acid they make it like an addiction story which i actually think is pretty adult for a kid's show for saturday saturday morning cartoons like he even uses the word like he's like confronting roland at the film uh studio and he's like why don't you tell all the audience about how it makes people hooked and they become like addicted to to this drug and stuff like that and how it hasn't gotten past fda regulations like all things that i just like went over my head when i was a kid but it's like pretty real stuff like it's a it's tragic story like the the batman villains that have tragic backstories like clayface and mr freeze are like really interesting to me and those are the ones that tend to have some cool opportunities for them to wind up working with batman as opposed to like yeah and harvey to an extent too as opposed to like uh an agent of chaos like the joker or the riddler like people that they'll never see eye to eye with each other yeah so. i think the only thing that i could have used more of is more time with him as the actor right uh matt hagan matt hagan yeah like yeah. i would like to have seen more time of him as a human mm-hmm. to kind of humanize him a little bit more so that i yeah, feel for him immediately when he is the see him post accident yeah so yeah. that would be my only gripe with that character. But, you know, all, all joking aside, I do think that you could, in a more silly James Gunn style Batman movie, maybe Brave and the Bold or however they're going to do that, I could see you doing a Clayface villain uh, and giving them a, more room to breathe. So yeah. I don't know. I'm into this episode a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah. 
If you're interested in some fun Clayface reading for comics, there's a really fun run. Um, I think it's like issue 970 something of Detective Comics. Clayface is actually, uh, he turns good and Matt Hagen works with the Batman family. So Ooh. he joins the Batman team. Cool. And there's a really, really fun story arc where he has to fight a bunch of members of the League of Shadows. So it's just this giant mud monster fighting ninjas. It's <laughs> fucking sick. Right off. Yeah. Big shout out to Clayface. Um, all right. My favorite animation sequence from this. There's so many good ones. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. I kind of got to go with the... I'm not going to be honest. I'm going to go with the very last shot, which is Clayface disguised as this random lady, but with ha, the creepy ha, ha, yellow ha, eyes, ha, and he's ha. like, ha, ha, ha. And that really stuck with me it's this cool. time around. Yeah. Um. Oh, gosh. It might have to be the TV studio bit. Like, I'm not sure if that's a specific cell of animation, but I really do like when it's like... Why don't you tell him about me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That the thing or whatever, and everyone's like, yeah. ah! And there's that <laughs> woman screaming or whatever. I, I like uh, chaos and pandemonium in these cartoons, and sure. so I dig, I dug that so quite a bit. Awesome. All right, let's throw it in our rankings here. Okay. Um, Any I don't want to. You could share that with me again, by the way. Oh, sure. For some reason, I don't have it in my sheets. J Man P. It's Batman the Animated Series Ranked is what the document is titled. Is it a document or is it a It's sheet? a Google Doc. Okay. Let me see if it fits. It's a Google Doc. But um, in an effort to not reread the entire thing, do yeah. you have a... That's why I want to pull it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Give that give that bad boy a pull up there. Um, Found it. This one's tougher... So here's, I think, it's better than Feet of Clay Part 1. Yeah. I think it's also better than Let's start it. Let's start at the middle. We should always start here. Is it better than On Leather Wings? I think so. I agree. But not by much. I would be inclined. You liked POV more than me. I would probably put this over POV, but not any higher than Cat in the Claw. I think this should be our new number 10. I think it's better than POV, personally. I think the drama, the um, the more human story with Matt is a little more compelling than just the uh, Rashomon effect type episode sure. that POV is. Although I do really like POV, it was never going to stay in the top 10. There's no way. So I, I'm cool with putting it at 10 if that sounds good to you. I like that. Yeah. All right, so Feet of Clay Part 2 is our new number 10. So it cracks the top 10 right underneath um, Cat in the Claw Part 1 which was a pretty good episode. So. It's interesting. We have a lot of part ones and part twos in this general area from nine to 15. Well, here's the thing is, is long form storytelling is, is good when you do it, it is. when you do it right. Right. And when you only have 40 minutes, that even stands out more than 20 minutes. So like, yeah, that's, it's hard. that's why I mentioned how cool the two parters were. There's so many other ones that are like way better than the ones that we've seen too. Like, Wait till we get to the Robin one. You're gonna cry. It's it's really good, and it's it's just some of the best comic book storytelling. So I really like the two parters. But yeah, I would agree. So far in season one specifically, the two parters kind of do stand above the rest. Except we have a pretty good episode to talk about. Yeah, we do. So let's talk about our next one, if you don't mind. Moving on. Let's do it. Uh, Joker's favor, written by one Mr. Paul Dini. Uh, Keep that name in your mind because we have important thing to talk about here before we dive into the uh, plot synopsis. This is also directed by Boyd Kirkland. Uh, title card, really fucking sick. So it's creepy. It's like the double faces. It's a family, oh, it's it's family, a family photo. photo with like yeah. a Grinch type shadow of the Joker yeah. sneaking into the house with this fun, playful font. Maybe the coolest title card we've had so far. It's so eerie. Uh. It's up there. The Two Face one is really good too. Two Face is cool. Um, yeah, with its stupid ass music over the the whole thing with it, where it's this uh, in the episode, it's like Bartle, Bartle. It's, it sounds like the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme. It's like yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's very like whimsical and, and carnival type music, which is pretty fun. Um, before I talk about the plot, this is a debut episode, not only in the show ever of harley quinn the character she was never existed before this she was created by paul dini specifically because he wanted the joker to have 
a fun East Coast accented spunky sidekick slash girlfriend. It was ambiguous at the time named Harley Quinn. And I mean, can you imagine a world where DC Comics doesn't have Harley Quinn? She's only been around for this is uh, Batman. The animated series was 25 years old last year. So she's only been around for 25 years. It's crazy. One of the most popular recognizable characters in any comic book. I mean, after we don't like this movie very much, but after Margot Robbie took over the character yeah. on on live action screen in the Suicide Squad movies, I mean, like that cosplay really blew up through the roof at Comic Cons, Halloween parties. Yeah. Like, it's hard to go anywhere without seeing at least somebody dressed up as Joker and Harley Quinn even for a couple's that, costume. Even people that aren't nerds know who Harley Quinn is. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I, I would like to say that that is probably large part due to Margot Robbie. But even before that, I think like the Harley Quinn show is really important to people. This show is really important to people. She's in the comics. I mean, She's this the version of the Har- this version of Harley Quinn with like the red and black jumpsuit, like looking like a something off a fucking playing card. Like, I remember her from being a kid. Like, even though I didn't watch Batman the animated series, you you knew who Harley Quinn was. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to watch a little piece of history here because, yeah, and that character is such a big deal that, for us in the 2020s. If you so. liked Mark Hamill's Joker, like, now that she's introduced, that character is so fucking funny. Like, I watched, recently I watched the Batman-Superman team-up episode, which we, we'll get to that eventually. Oh. And she is fucking hilarious in that episode. Can't wait. <laughs> Her interactions with Lex Luthor will leave you fucking cackling. Okay. Um, but yeah, so just wanted to get that out the gate. Thank you, Paul Dini, for creating Thank you. such memorable moments. Paul Dini, we should say, also um, wrote Heart of Ice. So this is, he's like two for two on good shit so far. You ready for a plot synopsis? Let's do it. As Gotham workers drive home in five o'clock traffic, a man named Charlie complains about a terrible day and is cut off by the cops, the Batmobile, and another car. He's finally had it with people walking over him, and he drives up to the car and tells him off. Only one catch. The person that he tells off driving that random car happens to be the Joker. (laughs) Joker pulls in immediately behind Charlie and repeatedly just continues to wave at him as he's driving. Charlie gets nervous and drives down an alley, but is cut off by the Joker. He tries to flee into the woods in his car, and his car stalls on a hill. As he gets out and runs off into the woods, Joker catches him and tells him that he was being rude to him and that he threatens to teach him some manners. Charlie offers anything if the Joker won't kill him. So Joker lets him go, if Charlie will do a favor for him. One day, he just doesn't know what it is yet. We cut to two years later. Shout out Endgame for stealing this. (laughs) No, it's five years, but same difference. Um, James Gordon is having a banquet thrown in his honor at the local museum, though he doesn't want to go. Batman assures him that he is deserving of the banquet, and James decides to go. Joker is upset that Gordon is getting honored by the city and not him. He complains to Harley Quinn and the rest of his gang, who groaningly agree with him that he deserves an award. Joker plots to cash in his favor for Charlie, and we find Charlie living peacefully with his family in Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Springfield, Ohio. Springfield, Ohio. So fucking funny. Under the name of Don Wallace. Unfortunately, Joker finally calls Charlie, and Joker tells Charlie to come to Gotham and not tell his family for fear of their safety. Harley is there to greet Charlie at the airport and takes him to the Joker immediately. Joker's overjoyed to see him, greets him like an old friend, and him and the gang pull up to the banquet, and he tells Charlie the favor is simply to open the door when, when Harley knocks three times. This is so that she can wheel a giant cake through the door, which is one of my favorite moments of the episode where he's like, why? And he's like, you see the size of that cake, man? You think she could open the door and push it through at the same time? That shit kills me. It's so funny. Uh, Charlie tries to warn Batman by lowering a glider in front of the window uh, because he's a little nervous about working with the Joker and there just so happens to be a flying machine in the, uh, in the museum. Bruce sees it as he was leaving the gala and decides to turn around. Harley comes in with the cake, but after she enters, Charlie realizes that there was glue on the door and he's stuck to the door handle. Harley releases a nerve gas into the crowd and everyone is frozen in place. Then the Joker plants a bomb on Gordon and they flee the room, leaving Charlie behind. He pleads for his life, but Joker double crosses him. Batman comes in, takes the bomb, and throws it into the Joker's van before they can escape, uh, and then saves Gordon from his potential demise. Then he runs off to face the gang. Everyone is dispatched except the Joker, who escapes into the alley. Charlie finds and encounters the Joker, who plans to suicide bomb the two of them. 
uh, with one of Joker's other bombs. Joker calls out for help with Batman, and Batman shows up to save both of them when we see that the bomb is actually a joke, but only after Joker turns over his dirt on Charlie's family. The end. Mm. This is a good one. This is a good one. This is a, this this, is a fucking winner. This is a really this good This is episode. a fucking winner. So I remember seeing this for the first time on like uh, like Saturday morning cartoons on a rerun. And cold opening and starting on a character that isn't one of our heroes when you're five, that's really hard to do. Like really hard to do. I'm also, I would also have to imagine that it's probably not all that enthralling. Um, as a young kid, this is one of those episodes where it's like, it's one of those episodes of TV or a movie where you're like, I want, where's Batman? I want to see Batman. Like, I tuned into Batman, but we're watching this guy drive through traffic and complain about his wife's meatloaf. And it's like, you don't appreciate that when you're young, but when you're older, you do get a sense, you're like, wow, like, they were actually, there's a unique story idea here. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was going to be my question, was like, do you remember watching this as a kid and being as enthralled as you are now as an adult? No, no. I think that the best part about this episode for me is that it has aged so well because the things that Charlie cares about is something that the average Joe Schmo like us, who like, I'm just a workaday man, like I'm gonna come home, my wife's making me meatloaf, like I'm, you know, I'm complaining about my raise, I've had it enough, and it's like, can you imagine driving somewhere and you cut off the fucking Joker, like, and then he's just like, comes after you, like that's it's a cool such an interesting concept, and yeah. Like, I, I definitely remember it being funny when I was a kid. I think that this is the funniest Mark Hamill's been in the show thus far. Sure. I think so. I mean, at least... And then Harley Quinn's obviously a riot. And She's even awesome. even the... Like, even Charlie at the end holding up the Joker and being like, at least I'm going to take you both down and the papers are going to be like, Charlie the nobody killed the Joker. And then, like, he's the only person that's made Batman laugh so far. And Joker's, like, so annoyed by that. He's like, oh, okay, it wasn't that funny. You know what I mean? It's just like... It's really clever, and it shows why why Paul Dini really gets these characters. Yeah, in a way. Dini Dini really is the fucking the the god of this of this program. Yeah, um, just banger after banger. I mean, remind me of the other episodes that he did that we've talked about so far. Yeah, yeah, like he did Heart of Ice, Heart of Ice, Heart of Ice. I'm trying to think if there's another one that he did that we talked about. Let me look it up. Real did quick. he not do Christmas with the Joker? No, he did not do Christmas with the Joker. Okay. Maybe then this is the only the second episode, but it feels it like might be. Might he just be. has such a guide. He's gonna have a lot more. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. So, I don't know. I love this episode. I thought it was awesome. I think, again, the concept is just so awesome. Like I would love to see. So, this is never gonna happen ever. So I have no problem with just like spilling the beans on the idea right now. Uh-huh. I would love to see a movie, a short film. Yeah. With the same production level as like a Joker or a Drive, that is this concept, where you don't even need to do much. Uh, Pretty Poison was also Pretty Poison, TV. good episode. Yeah, like I would love to see this episode expounded on in like a live action short or something like that. Yeah, because like it's a creepy. It's creepy when you think about it. It's like serial. It's like stalking and the serial following and stuff like that but just the idea that like you're having a bad day and one wrong move and all of a sudden you've pissed off the most dangerous person in the city on accident yep and he chases you down and finds you in the woods and like i can totally imagine that scene being so much more terrifying like (laughs) with like some dramatic lighting like with heath ledger like imagine heath ledger's joker with like jonah hill as charlie or something like that you know what i mean it's just like so intimidating like that's the thing that that's the other thing too that i think this show really captures is their joker is funny but he's also scary like that scene in the woods where he he finds charlie he's wearing like a mobster hat and like the trench coat and stuff like that and it looks like goodfellas like he's about to murder him in the woods you know what i mean so here's a uh, a very very mafia noir setting which i really dig about this episode too so hear hear me out Mm mm-hmm the lights go down in the theater, uh-huh. and we're watching Joker Two: Folly of Deuce, or however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. What if the cold open is this episode, basically, with no Batman and Zach Galifianakis? It's <laughs> sure, it's someone that's playing Charlie, right? 
and just driving through Gotham City. It's what if it's like Gaga? No, I like it better being just like a regular Joe Schmo. Okay, but that's the cold open. Is that like, oh, he's still out there? It'd be great. And you just like he's like driving his car and he curses out this guy and then you look over and it's, it's actually Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, like <laughs> yeah. looking all fucking terrifying. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but then like once this story, like because I really like the the cut too, like the two years later, and it's just this dude is so terrified by this one interaction moved with the to Joker Ohio. that he moved to Ohio. <laughs> yeah, and then but you have the call. It's like. I see you changed your name. It's like, no, I've been, you know, I've been looking for you. I've been yeah, that's, you. that part's terrifying where he's like, where he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he, and then the best is it shows Joker's notebook and it says Charlie Collins changed name to Don Wallace lives in Springfield now. He owes me a favor and he like underlined, underlined it three favor. times. He's like, I'll forget if I don't underline it. And then, yeah, he's like, yo, be careful. He's like, you know, we wouldn't want anything to happen to your family. And then they show outside and like these, the goons like slowly yeah, roll they past the, the slow family. Roll while his family's playing football. So, yeah. Other than that, I like, I mean, the episode is just really great. It's really funny. Special shout out to the end. I think the performance by Charlie. Do, do we know the actor? Let me look it up. Yeah, look it up. The performance of him, the voice acting performance he gives while he's like the monologue. At the while end. he's monologuing yeah. to Joker in the alleyway, where basically threatening to that blow scene himself up. Is so good, so fucking good. And imagine that scene with like the production value of a fucking driver. That has one of my other favorite moments um, with the Joker in this episode, where uh, he's like, he's like, you don't want to do this. He's like. What happens when you find out when he goes, Batman? He like, he's like calling for him. He's like calling for him. Batman! Uh, yeah. He's played by Ed Begley Jr. Oh, I know Ed Begley Jr. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Pineapple Express, yeah. A Mighty Wind, Whatever Works. He was recently on Young Sheldon. He was in Amsterdam as General Bill Meekins. Oh, wow. He's still acting, character actor. Very cool. A lot of TV stuff, Curb Your Enthusiasm, speaking of which, so that's kind of a small world. Yeah, recently for me, he's a Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. He's uh, cool. like Saul's boss at one point. Clifford like Maine. Clifford Maine, yeah. yeah. 14 episodes of Better Call Saul. So, really Rest cool. of Development. Yeah, big time character actor. Really cool. Um, Want to shout out Harley Quinn in this episode too? Sure. When she comes in in the cop costume. And they all think she's like a stripper. And Bullock's like, hey, lady, want to read me my rights? And she like fucking like slaps him with the nightstick. <laughs> it's like, this shit's so good. And then she has that like um, that poem that I don't remember off the top of my head where she recites it to Gordon. And then it ends with, and the joke's on you. And then they all get gassed. The Joker comes out of the cake. It's just good stuff, man. Um favorite favorite cell favorite moment mine is definitely the single image that i wish was a gift but is not and we should make it of joker in the river mirror just waving at somebody <laughs> yeah that shit's good that's good i'm gonna give it to i really like the lighting and the design of the, the scene in the woods where he yeah. chases him off too i just think that that's really cool but yeah. if not that and he's like you owe me a favor and he's like okay what is he i don't know yet <laughs> Yeah, I'll all that, you. <laughs> all that's so good. Uh, runner up, I'm gonna give to when he does notice Batman in the alley. And it's just his black silhouette, like against the yeah. the darkness of the alley, is really really cool. When when Joker's like, "How long have you been there?" He's like, "Long enough." <laughs> and it, like Joker's like, "Are you gonna let this psychopath fucking blow me up?" And Batman's like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because then it's stuff. like he gets the laugh out of uh, Batman too. Batman, yeah, like, Batman uh, laughs uh, at Charlie's uh, joke. Uh, yeah. Batman laughs like uh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> we invented it. Um, awesome. Well, this was a really fun one to watch. Really fun to talk about. I actually think, I actually think ranking this might be kind of fun because I actually think this might be my favorite so far. Whoa. So this is where... Because I think Heart of Ice is like my emotional bias. But I think this might be the best episode of the animated series that we've seen so far. It's very unique. It's funny. It's really kind of fucked up. The only thing that it, I think is lacking a little bit is it's not very Batman focused. But I don't think that that's necessarily a sin. Because there's a lot of other episodes. I'm definitely comfortable with putting it in the top five. But I'm just saying, in terms of overall enjoyment, it might be my favorite so far that I've watched. 
This is the first time that I think our rankings have clashed because I didn't have Heart of Ice at number one. Correct. You had uh, Two-Face Part 1 still. I think this is not better than Two-Face Part 1, but I do think it's better than Heart of Ice. Okay. So this is But where given I ha- where Heart of Ice is, would you say this is better than Christmas with the Joker? That's where I'm wrestling with because I think that I want to put it in the top three, but I don't think it beats out... Heart of Ice combo with Two-Face Part 1. I still think Two-Face Part 1 is, like, my favorite episode so far. It's the most, like, well-constructed episode of, like, Batman drama, for sure. Yeah. This is more of, like, a black comedy, if you will. Yeah. No, it's it's like a it's like an indie movie. What it's, if, like, barely yeah. Batman. Yeah. Eccentric. I think it's awesome. Yeah. With Charlie being the main character, too, it's so... Um, so unique for like a one shot like this was something that would be like a really funny like one single comic book that you're just like yo did you read that that batman one shot it's hilarious this kind of stuff yeah what about putting it at three then and it becoming the new number three pushing i think christmas it, with the joker down i think it pushes down christmas with the joker but i don't think that it i don't think it jumps above the two for combo pack of heart of ice and and uh just in terms of like all overall, like I, I definitely I respect you saying that you think it might be your number one, but I'm saying it might be my favorite. I don't know if it needs to be the best episode, but like for me, I like I found myself really enjoying watching it. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I haven't seen it that much, and I've seen Heart of Ice like once a month for my entire life. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty unassailable top three so far. It's gonna be hard to crack. There's some episodes that you haven't seen yet that I think could could get in there, but. We'll cross that bridge. Underdwellers too. No more underdwellers. <laughs> no, no more Rat King. Well, there is one appearance of the Rat King. Oh. But he's not the main villain, so that's nice. Um Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of characters that still need to be introduced. But Zach, thank you for joining me on this this trip into Gotham City on patrol tonight. Thank you for having me. We stopped a lot of crime. We um, did. Our next episode series of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to watch an episode called Vendetta, Fear of Victory, and The Clock King. So we get three Batman villains that are, I think are pretty fun. Vendetta is featuring Killer Croc. Ooh. Fear of Victory is, as you probably can guess, Scarecrow. And then The Clock mm-hmm. King is, um, well, he's just a delight. I can't wait for you to see him. <laughs> I, love the cl- I love The Clock <laughs> King. Anyway, uh, so watch those before our next episode. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Radio Vision. Zach, thank you again for coming along this journey. Happy if you guys like the show, head to Radiovania.com. Listen to our other episodes. Again, you can watch all of our content on YouTube, searching Radiovania. Hit us up, radiovisionshow at gmail.com. Tell us if you think Heart of Ice should still be ran at the top. Should it be Two-Face Part 1? Should it be the Joker's favorite? Mm. Harley Quinn, come on the pod. Yo, let's get, Dude, can you imagine if we got Arlene Sorkin on here? Oh, my God. And she records the intro as Harley Quinn. Oh, that would be really, really cool. Hey, you follow follow these two numbskulls on fucking fucking bearded nerds. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until next time, same bad podcast, same bad podcast feed. <laughs> Stumbling over it as always. Sound. It was perfect. Thank you.